And welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Run the Table podcast, powered by Pro Football Network. It is October 5th. It is Wednesday. We've got just one day until the NFL Week 5 season kicks off on Thursday night as the Denver Broncos host the Indianapolis Colts. I am Tommy Garrett, Senior Fantasy Analyst here at Pro Football Network, and joining me as always to break down these Thursday night games is Fantasy Analyst here at Pro Football Network. Ian, uh, you can find him over on Twitter at uh, NFL Film Study. We just got a little bit of news that Jonathan Taylor is officially out for this game. It seems like, I know for me and you, I think we both kind of assumed this was going to be the likely scenario, right? Yeah, I mean, just look at this from their perspective. Jonathan Taylor's their engine. Uh, we both know, Matt, Matt, and we're going to get into this, Matt Ryan has not been good this season. You've got to have Jonathan Taylor healthy, and this is a tough game. The last thing you want to do is expose him to any more hits, any more injuries, get anything worse. Goodness sakes, you don't want it to be week five, staring the end of the barrel uh, at the end of your season already because of a major injury. So, yeah, I just think this makes sense, man. It, it is a tough matchup, too. We'll get into it a little bit of the numbers, but, man, I – I would not want to have a hobbled Jonathan Taylor out on the field. And clearly the Colts don't either. I, I can't say that I blame him. And I wonder if part of this is the fact that like, look, you know, your things is longer than this. No one right now in this division is necessarily trying to run away with it. Although you're getting a little bit more pressure from like, from the Jags, Tennessee starting to get a little bit better. So like they've got to think about the long, the long game on this one. And also look, it, it's not like Matt Ryan's playing well. And you know, like you said, who you're going to need down the stretch in this season. That is something, like I said, we will talk about here in just a little bit. But we're going to dive in things, starting some things off here with the betting. Uh, we'll kind of look at DFS angles. See if there's anybody uh, a little maybe undervalued for this one. We'll talk about uh, some underdog plays for fantasy for your pickums, And then cap things off with a little bit of start sits. And what, spoiler alert, feels like a really chalky game. Uh, but before we dive into the betting side of things... Uh, I don't know if you guys are just you, but if you're tired of tracking your bets on messy spreadsheets or not knowing how much you've won or lost can be annoying, well, Pickett is the best bet tracking app on the market. Pickett makes it super easy to track your bets, shop the best lines, and connect with the community of avid sports bettors. Sign up today using code PFN365, sync your favorite sports books, and you can win up to $100 for free. Pickett is 100% free to join and use. So what are you guys waiting for? Use that promo code PFN365. You can win up to $100 just by signing up. I think for me, one of the biggest things with Pickett is we get to see the trends of this game. And there's there's quite a few. And we can kind of see a bit of a way that the, the betters that are out there are kind of leaning on this game. It is not a overly exciting one sitting here with a uh, between a three to three and a half point uh, favorites, a three and a half point game. Uh, and with a 42 and a half over under Denver is kind of the, the trends are going a lot of the ways towards the Broncos, which not surprising. I think we both kind of view those teams all well, they're They're not firing all cylinders. I think we have more hope for Denver because like they got to get this figured out. But as of right now, if we're just kind of looking on the money line, 63% of the money and 50, 56% of the bets are going towards Denver. It's a little different when we look at the spread. Denver is actually getting 54% of the money, but the Colts are actually getting 54% of the bets to cover the spread, which I think is a little interesting. I More than likely, that's just because it's going to be a low-scoring game, so no one's really going to blow anyone else out of the water. The biggest thing in this one is the under. 
76% of the money and 83% of the volume is going towards the under. I know for me, that is the way I am leaning, but people don't want to hear my opinion on this. They want to hear yours, Dan. So kind of give give me your thoughts and your the way you're viewing this game right now from a betting standpoint. Yeah, super interesting trends on this one. And I, I like that you mentioned where the money's going on this because we've seen the number move. It started out yeah. at two and a half. It went to three, three and a half. So we're seeing a lot of variance here. We've seen a point. We've seen it go up. We've seen it go down. That three and a half is a nice number. I actually would have said take Broncos, maybe two and a half. I do think the Broncos win this game. Mm-hmm. I don't like the Colts. I don't like what the Colts are doing. I hate what they're putting out on the field. But I hate the Colts of Jonathan Taylor. Right. Absolutely. Like everything. And this this moves going to move. This line is going to move quickly. I think 100%. now with Taylor ruled out, we're going to see this possibly swell to five. Uh, I could easily see four, four, four and a half and five. So I lean towards the Colts, though, as that number grows. I'm not going to play this line, though, because it kind of reminds me of like Monday night football, not in terms of like the quality of teams. These teams are much, much, much worse than San Francisco and, and Los Angeles where they're at currently. But I think it could be a game like that where it's very close. And then all of a sudden someone throws a pick six. There's a fumble. Matt Ryan has his 10th fumble on the season and something gets a scoop and score and it's just, you know, blows the water. So I don't like this line just to be very clear, but I do lean towards the Colts if it's going to continue to grow. However, you're spot on, man. You got to play the under here. 42 yep. and a half. We talked about this before the show. We were looking at this at like 41 and a half, 40 and a half. I wouldn't have been surprised at all to see this number. A lot of I people playing either. the under. We're not seeing that number move. Like I'm int- I'm surprised that sports books are looking at this and not saying, Hey, like we're, we're kind of giving some free points here. They're giving us free points. Take the under whenever that happens. Colts have the 32nd ranked scoring offense. Broncos have the 30th scoring offense. The Colts aren't going to suddenly get better without Jonathan Taylor. No offense to the guys who are going to take his, his spot. Unless if Matt Ryan goes like circa 2017, Matt Ryan, <laughs> And just I mean, I don't think Julio's walking out that tunnel to help him out, though. I sure don't think so either. And I don't think Kyle Shanahan, year two of that experiment, is anywhere near to be found this team. So I'm definitely looking at the under here. I think what's interesting, and as we've been talking, um, benefits of uh, getting to listen to you and also having a little bit of time to figure some things out. I was over here actually just checking on the sports books. Hasn't shifted. Indianapolis Colts are still three-point dogs. It's actually three points now. Wow. It was three and a half. It has somehow gone down to three. Uh, and it's still holding. It's still that, holding at 42 and a half. And I would say grab Denver then if it's going to be three, three and a half. And if we start to get to five, you look at the Colts. So that's how like touchy these things are in the betting market yeah. where it's just real-time movement. And so hopefully this afternoon when you guys are listening to this, check it. And you might find that we have a really great opportunity to, to grab one of these two teams. I'll be honest. I took both right now. I took Denver yep. minus three and I took the under 42 and a half just because I'm with you. I'm expecting line movement uh, once this kind of becomes a little more public than it is right now. And I do want to give credit to the uh, the news of Jonathan Taylor being out uh, came from Stephen Holder. That was the first person I saw to report it uh, works with ESPN. Um and uh, all that kind of covering the Colts. So, uh, yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting because this is a game where it's kind of it's strength on strengths. It's a team that's better at rushing versus a team that's better at stopping the run, but neither has been really firing at all cylinders. Colts thirty first in EPA per play, twenty third in EPA per dropback, twenty eighth in EPA per rush, which is surprising 
just because Jonathan Taylor's kind of struggled a little bit so far to start the season. But remember, last year he kind of got off to a little bit of a slow start also for the first four weeks and then picked it up. But he's not going to have that chance to do that again this week. Um, so, yeah, I think things will be a little interesting, but I am with you. It's It could be a slog. It could be just a, a brutal Thursday night game. Um, but at least, you know, the uh, uh, Amazon is giving us a, a, a pleasurable viewing experience because I am at least enjoying that side of things. Um, looking kind of more towards the the props on this one as well. Um, Melvin Gordon, I think at this point, becomes probably the clear favorite for an anytime touchdown, Ian. Is that correct? Absolutely. Plus 110 for anytime touchdown. Uh, we'll get into some of the backups and how Mike Boone is going to get into this rotation and our projections for how this Broncos offense is going to work without Javante Williams. But it just makes sense that Gordon's going to be the goal line back. He should be. It's logical. I know his fumble last week was devastating, but you really don't have a choice at this point. I don't yeah. expect Latavius Murray to be a guy to come in and, and have really any type of role uh, for this game. So we trust the guys that we know. Plus 110, it's a decent return. It's really the only anytime score I want to play in this one, though. I think the only one I might give like a little consideration. I mean, you're going to consider now Naheem Hines, but the yeah. problem is with a lot of these sports books right now is you are not finding any rushing props they've been holding everything back until they got information on jonathan taylor um i know when, when we get to um to underdog underdog does not have any running backs for the indianapolis colts listed as of now so you're we're going to have to be reliant on the passing game when we kind of get to that i'm sure that will be updated and changed by the time we do that um and if there's if there's anything that we really like i know i'll have it out there on my twitter um we'll have it uh we'll have it over the side and we'll have it in the discord as well uh, if anything changed. So uh, keep an eye on that one as well. Kind of looking at some other props on here, a long shot, uh, but with the Colts or how are using their tight ends, I kind of like what you're looking at here. Mo Alley Cox with first touchdown plus 2000 or Kyle Granson plus 2,500. Obviously it's, it's long shot odds, but if one of those hits, you're coming out with a pretty good return here. Right. And this is where you just potentially lower your units. You throw a buck yeah, this, on this. This is a half unit throw, play, like or something absolutely. like that. Whatever your unit is, you use a partial or you just sprinkle some action. Heck, you know, Jelani Woods, he was a guy who was involved a couple weeks yeah. ago. We're seeing the Colts use three tight ends. And look at the numbers compared to what they're offering for Paris Campbell. Paris Campbell's at like plus 380 for first T score or something, or like plus 700. You compare that to a guy like Mo Alley Cox, who just had two touchdowns last week, had the biggest season of his biggest game of his season last week. You're getting plus 2,000. Granson continues to get more snaps, continues to work into this offense. They're clearly indicating that they don't believe in the receiving core of this team outside of Michael Pittman. We need to take advantage of that. Go ahead and grab one of these first TD scores. This is one of my favorite bets every week because it is such a low unit play. I, I love how you brought up Paris Campbell because Mo Cox had just as many touchdowns yesterday as Paris Campbell has in his career. Uh, so why is Paris Campbell where he that. is? Oh, don't tell me that. I love Paris Campbell. <laughs> I know. I do too. I literally, I will put up those prayer candles and just hope that Paris Campbell just stays healthy. That's all I've wanted with him out there because it's been nothing but freak injuries, but it just hasn't worked out. And that slot position has always kind of been a little bit of an issue. Speaking of another issue has been just the, the wide receiver depth outside of Michael Pittman Jr. Um, so I do like this one for you. You have uh, Aston Doolin listed at 13.5 yards receiving. You are taking the over on this one. I kind of like that. Ashton Doolin is one of my favorite bets of the week because this guy's resume this season has been kind of wild. 
So mm-hmm. they're giving him 13 and a half yards as his over underline. His first two weeks, well over 46 yards in week one, 79 yards in week two. Interesting part of this is six targets in week one. He only played 35% of the snaps. Week two, he played 32 snaps, the same amount as week two, but because they're reduced amount of snaps total on offense, he played 64% of the snaps. So Doolin was great for the first two weeks. Put up the majority of his yards of the season, 125 yards in those first two weeks. Next two weeks, really interesting development for the Colts as a whole. Play Kansas City. They get their three tight ends on the field, a lot of 13 personnel. Doolin sees a big reduction in opportunity and also snap count. Plays only 25% of the offensive snaps, gets one target, one reception for seven yards. That's the only time this season he hasn't covered 13 and a half yards. Week four, played 29% of the snaps. So again, much lower than that week two figure of 64%. Two catches, 18 yards. So I'm kind of looking at the numbers on this one. I just can't imagine that the Colts, without Jonathan Taylor, Mm -hmm. that they're going to be playing a lot of three tight end looks, and they're going to be forcing the ball, even though they're talented tight ends, I think they're going to want to spread Denver's defense out a little bit more. They don't want to keep this into this isn't three yards in a cloud of dust, right? Like they're, they're not going to win that way without Jonathan Taylor. If they have Jonathan Taylor, then bring back Trestle ball. Like Jim exactly. Trestle could be in yeah. here and he can, he can pull that off without Taylor with Naheem Hines. I just don't think that's going to be the game plan. So for me, Doolin over 13 and a half yards is simply playing the percentages. He plays a good, he can play inside play and play outside. You got to go away from Patrick Sertan as much as you can and, and manufacture smart matchups. So I think Doolin is a guy who's in position to uh, to benefit from that. It's weird. I feel like we've been waiting on the Ashton Doolin breakout for years at this point. It's it's something we keep waiting on. We'll see if it ever does happen. But I, I got to say, I do like 13. Like I said, that's, that's one catch. And if you're yeah. telling me I just got to wait on one reception for something, I'm going to, a lot of times, I'm going to lean that way just because, it just it's it's too simple of something that could happen and i'm going to feel upset if i didn't take a chance on that um but it's something we'll kind of keep an eye on i know we're going to be looking also a, a lot of people should say well, the russell wilson sitting at a 230 and a half passing yards i don't really have a good way one way or another on this one i want to say russell Wilson should absolutely demolish this i don't really know yet i think we kind of hit the ones i think me and you are both favoring the most um I think what's interesting is while you've kind of been talking, I've been kind of looking around at the lines and things like see what the movement has been uh, post Jonathan Taylor announcement. I got to say it's interesting because we're actually seeing a little bit of movement quite around and it's, it's different in all these, all these different books, which is why I was like, I was glad I had Pickett because I was actually able to look at everything at the same time. I, I think one of the ones that's really interesting to me is like, you can go over to, to bet MGM over there you've actually got the Colts at plus 100. So even money to cover the, to cover the spread at plus three at plus three. So it's still sitting at plus three there. But if you go over to like to DraftKings or to Barstool or to um, FanDuel, they're sitting a plus three and a half. So it, it's one of those where I don't think we have seen all the line movement we're going to at this point. So just make sure when you're out there, whether you're shopping your line, shopping your parlays and your odds, things like that, Try to get the best odds you can because you're probably going to find some pretty decent disparities on all these different books that are out there. So just something to keep in mind. Um, uh, but also, if you guys want to win a free $200 bet this season, well, as a new DraftKings Sportsbook user, you can bet $5 and win $200 by betting on the NFL or college football. Just head over to ProFootballNetwork.com and check out our latest betting promos to claim this offer today. 
Uh, speaking of DraftKings, let's kind of keep it on here as well, but head over to the fantasy side of things. Let's take a look at some DFS, uh, some undervalued plays. Eh, this is kind of a chalky week, and this is something we're going to talk about a little bit. We kind of move on a little bit here. Uh, you start your studs. You're playing your studs in this one. You're Michael Pittman Jr.'s. Um, you're playing your Melvin Gordon in this one, especially without Javante Williams. Uh, Cortland Sutton, get him out there. Jerry Judy, fire him in there. So it's we're really just playing those top-tier guys. So it's trying to figure out, okay, where are some other potential opportunities for, for touches or to save a little bit of money later on? I think the chalk play, especially with the announcement of Jonathan Taylor being out, Naheem Hines at 6,800. It was the first name you wrote down also. So, yeah, I think we were both in agreement on this one, Ian, that Naheem Hines is definitely going to be a chalk play this week for DFS. He is, and there's a great argument for going against him. The Broncos are one of the best defenses in the league against running backs. On average, they only allow 17.8 carries and 95 yards per game, 3.8 receptions for 27.3 yards. So they constrict on the position like very few defenses can. But it doesn't matter because it's just the structure of the Colts offense. We can trust that they're going to give Hines opportunities. And he's also one of the most unique backs in the league. Granted, you're not facing a receiving back like Naheem Hines every single week. So I think if there's anyone that can exploit mismatches, anyone that could be a little bit creative, make a defender miss, get into the end zone, especially in that red zone area. Could we see a, a pitch? Could we see a shovel pass? Could we see something a little bit creative from this Colts offense that desperately needs to do something creative to manufacture points? I think Hines is going to be the, the, the guy who makes the most sense to be that difference maker. So he's super chalky. But at $6,800, you really can't go wrong with that type of price because you're going to have to pair him up, like you said, with these expensive stars. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm willing to eat the chalk on this one. I mean, it's like you said, the whether it's the pitches, the shovel passes, or even a screen pass, they're just extensions of the running game to a certain extent. Frank Reich in the offseason said that if he was playing fantasy, he'd be drafting Naheem Hines. Now's the time to make us believe that. That's the best thing I can say. Um, as far as the Broncos on the other side of the ball, sticking at the running back position, Mike Boone at 6,200, I got to say is a little more expensive than I thought he was going to be when we first kind of checked this out. Um, but these prices are set earlier in the week. So like the news is already out on Javante Williams at the time they posted these. I'm a little worried on this one personally. Um, Mike Boone did have those three carries for 20 yards last week. And the, the question is, is he going to inherit that Gordon, 1B kind of role. For me, I think you had the talent of both running backs to justify having a 1A, 1B with Gordon and Williams. I don't think we can put Mike Boone in that same category. So for me, I'm actually honestly wondering if we see more of a straight RB1, RB2, and we end up more of a committee in that RB2, RB3 kind of range between him, uh, whether it's uh, Latavius Murray who they brought in, and then also Divine Exebo, who they brought up from the practice squad. So we could see the the reps for that RB2 kind of change depending on what the situation is, whether it's more of a, a passing down, there's a two-minute drill, things like that, if they don't want to have Melville Gordon out there. So I don't know. I'm, I'm curious on your thoughts on this one too, Ian. Like, I think Boone is, going, is a good player, and I think he will have his chances in this game, but I don't know if we should feel comfortable just instantly assuming this goes back to a a 1A, 1B, and this might end up being a little bit of a, it's going to bite you a little bit to keep it PG, I'll put it that way. Yeah, I think so too. I, I just don't love the price that Boone is getting either. Like, it's I high. think you could, 
Yeah, 62. I mean, he has three carries on the season, and he's been efficient. If you look at his resume, he's been a guy who's been very efficient. He has an impressive background throughout his entire career back to college, but we don't know exactly what that role is, and we're getting that role on a short week. I don't Mm -hmm. love that, right? Like, if this is Sunday, maybe I feel a little bit better. If it's Monday night, I might feel a little bit better, and he might end up getting those red zone touches, especially, heck, I mean, if Melvin Gordon puts another ball on the ground, maybe this all looks silly, but uh, from, that's, that's certainly a possibility. He's got four fumbles on the season. It, it is a possibility. You know, they brought in Latavius Murray, but I don't think Murray's going to be a guy. They really integrate until coming weeks. It'd be really soon for them to elevate him off the practice squad and, and start using him in these key situations. So I'm with you. I just, I want to see it first. And, you know, you've talked about this in past episodes where we still have a Sunday slate. Mm-hmm. We don't have to force this play in your fantasy lineups, when it comes to DFS, you don't have to necessarily, and I know if you're playing a Thursday night slate, obviously you got to pick from these guys. Yeah. I just think that we have reasonable other options in this price range. And we've talked about one of them for Naheem Hines. It's only $600 more. I think we can maneuver to get the guys that we need to get um, and have a more certain role or at least more of a, uh, a background of, of production. Yeah. It's there's just so many unknowns in this one. And when it's already an offense that's struggling, it's on Thursday night. There is a very low game total. And the strength of the Colts defense, at least from a yards allowed standpoint, has been against running backs. While they're lower in EPA, I think like 29th in EPA, they're second in yards allowed. So like there, I, I for me, I do put more emphasis on EPA because it's more of a overall situation, just a one one-stop shop. So like there's just enough concern I have. I probably am going to stay away from Mike Boone. There's a chance he scores. And if he does, great. It'll end up paying off. I think he's sitting at uh, plus 210 as an anytime scorer for this game. So I don't hate that one as well. Um, but when it comes to DFS, like I said, I think you put it perfectly. Like there are many more options that we have unless you are doing a single slate lineup, then you're kind of forced into it. But I'll just take Melvin Gordon as my only running back I'm targeting in DFS from the Denver Broncos. Um, looking at the Indianapolis Colts for a little bit here, Mo Alley Cox had his breakout game last week, uh, had six targets last week, but only had eight combined in the previous three games ends up with 85 yards and two tutties 4,800 on the week. Ian, do you think given how the Denver Broncos are strong defensively at corner, do you think the Colts continue to focus on their tight ends and making Mo Alley Cox a very intriguing undervalued play for DFS? Yeah, I think it makes sense. I definitely think we'll see at least two tight ends on the field pretty often. And I mentioned this earlier. I don't think we're going to see a lot of 13 personnel. Like I don't, I don't think it's going to be that type of like pounded into the, between the tackles all game long. But that being said, Matt Ryan's always been comfortable using his tight ends. This is Mm -hmm. a great opportunity. The Broncos are number two at allowing fantasy points to wide receivers. The Colts have to take advantage of that. It doesn't mean that you don't get creative doesn't mean that you don't still try to go to your star receiver doesn't mean they haven't been getting creative full at full strength right right and that's scary right like and I now think they gotta do it on a short week without their number one player i mean frank reich's gotta gotta answer some questions here I, i'm not gonna lie yes. like this is it's starting to be do or die time for this regime from the ballard's gonna have to start answering some questions here pretty soon too Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, how, I don't know, man, I'm, I'm wanting Paris Campbell to break out, man, but oh. they're, they're not, it's not working me. out so far. It's crushing me. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's crushing me too. I, I it, want him to play so much better. I definitely think it, putting a lineup, will I have a lineup with Mo, Mo Alley Cox in it? I definitely think so because at 4,800, there's just not many value, better values. I know you have a couple guys here to still watch 
But for me, he has more of a, uh, a little bit more of a red zone threat. And mm-hmm. I am a little bit scared because I talked about it earlier with some of the other tight ends getting involved, but I hope that they ride the hot hand with him coming off a two touchdown performance. I, I think they should. I mean, he, being a red zone threat is kind of the name to his game. And when you set the NFL record for wingspan, if I'm going to target you, I'm going to do it in the red zone where those short areas are compacted even more. And I can just put a ball up, go up there and get it. And you can do that. And that, the Colts have the ability to do that. They have one of the, they're one of the tallest rosters in the NFL. Um, Ashton Doohan, he ain't small. He's over six foot. Michael Pittman Jr., six foot three. Moelle Cox, he's like six five. Jelani Woods is just a, a, a sycamore tree standing out there. He's like six foot six, six foot seven. We saw him have his game last week. They have plenty of options in the red zone. If you're going to target, do it to Moelle Cox. This is, the, this is the matchup to do it. Um, there's a couple other options that are out there, but to me, those are probably gonna be my biggest ones. I think one for me is Alec Pierce. I think that's going to be an under the radar one, which I think is going to be a interesting to see how he plays out versus Ashton Doolin. Cause those two are kind of seeing they're going back and forth for that number two job. Um, and Pierce has actually been starting to play really well. Cause it's, you never know when a rookie is always, it's going to click that light switch is going to happen. The game slows down. And this is someone who wasn't the most polished player coming out of Cincinnati. There's upside given his role and the verticality he can bring, but it's not the most nuanced and technical route runner. Uh, but right now he's actually through four weeks. He's sitting fourth in the NFL in yards per game amongst rookies. He's also sixth in the NFL as a whole in air yards per reception at 17.3. And over these last two weeks has really started to kind of see the game kind of get picked up seven receptions for 141 yards over the last two certainly was aided by the big plays last week of 44 and 25. Uh, And actually right now of those plays, he's got three plays of over 20 plus yards. So when they hit, they hit. Uh, at 5,400, you'd like a little more consistency and a little more of a red zone presence because you've got to try to, you're tr- you're looking to try to hit that at least 15 points. Give me at least three X on my, uh, on my return on this. And so I do like Pierce on this one, but it would be a, uh, maybe a little bit lower volume, more of a variance play. Cause honestly, 5,400 still isn't cheap. Like it's, it's still one of those. Um, the Broncos defense is one that I'm definitely taking a look at too. Matt Ryan has not been playing great. And I think that's a little bit of a, a slight understatement. The big thing, it's it's just pressure. And that's that's really how you can get to Matt Ryan. And it's really just the Indianapolis Colts this year have not been good at keeping Matt Ryan off the ground. As of right now, 15 sacks through four games. For context, Phillip Rivers in 2020, when he took over, had 19 throughout the entire season. To give you a little more compared just to last year, to like a, a kind of a one comparing these offensive lines. Carson Wentz last year took 32 sacks and lost 227 yards in 17 games. Right now, Matt Ryan is on pace for 49 sacks and for 380 uh, lost yards on those sacks. But more importantly, too, for me in this one, where we're really looking for turnovers, if you're looking for that defensive side of the ball, Matt Ryan has fumbled the ball more than anyone else. He has nine fumbles on the year through two games. He's only lost three of them, but that's still not a good ratio you want to be on. Uh, you're trying to look for turnover potential here in a low-scoring game. I think different Broncos make a little bit of sense. Also, knowing that uh, Jonathan Taylor is out at 1,600, Deion Jackson makes some sense on there, that one as well. And then kind of keep an eye on it over the next uh, coming hours, see what the Colts do with Philip Lindsay. If they end up moving him off of the uh, practice squad, we could see that happen. 
sitting there at $400, obviously dirt cheap play, also extremely low floor. So that would be a tourney option, high, low variance, one of those kind of plays. So I'm not overly active on him. Just another name to kind of keep an eye on uh, as you guys are setting up your DFS lineups. Uh, but I also want to tell you about the easiest and most fun way to spice up your football season. It is Underdog Fantasy and their Pick'em game. Just look for your favorite or least favorite player stats and pick whether they'll end up with a higher or lower total than that number in this week's game, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. It is super simple to get started. Just head over to underdogfantasy.com or download the app. Sign up with promo code PFN and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. But there is more. If you deposit $10, you also get a free month subscription to the PFN Pass where you can reconnect with the game of football with interactive experiences, proprietary research, and educational courses on the PFN Pass. Remember, that is Underdog Fantasy promo code PFN and you can get in on the action today. Uh, with Underdog, I think it's interesting here. We do not have any rushing projections for the Indianapolis Colts. The reason I bring this up is if you are playing a single game slate, you want to keep your entire play only on Thursday night, you're going to have to pick something in the Indianapolis Colts passing game because we have to pick something from both teams. So kind of keep that in mind. Maybe they should add something later on. I would expect them to. But as of right now, at the time of recording, which is early on Wednesday, there's nothing out there yet. So keep that in mind with some of these uh, talks, with some of these plays that we're going to be talking about. Um, one for me, Matt Ryan. Um, basically, will he throw an interception? They have his higher or lower set at 0.5. I like the Denver Broncos secondary. They're pretty darn good. They ball hawk. Paxer Tan's one of the best quarters in the NFL. Probably, I say put him in top five. Y'all can debate the order you want to in my mentions, but he's got to be up there. I am going to probably be taking the higher on the 0.5 interception for Matt Ryan. Uh, another one here for me is going to be Michael Pittman Jr. sitting here at 65 and a half receiving yards with Jonathan Taylor out. They got to use their top guy to move the ball. I get he'll be lining with Pat Sertan. But if you want to get creative, which has not been the MO of the Colts, let's be fair, you can kind of move him around a little bit and try to generate a better matchup. I do like the higher on the 65 and a half receiving yards for Michael Pittman Jr. And also Alec Pierce, some we talked about earlier right here. I've got him again, 34 and a half receiving yards is his receiving projection on underdog. As far as a weird of a game as this is, where we're talking about the low totals. I don't mind the higher on that one, just the way he is trending over the last two games. There are certainly some plays that we do like more, including the next one here with Melvin Gordon at 53 and a half rushing yards. Ian, talk to me about Melvin Gordon on those. Like I said, it is kind of strength or strength, but if you're going to trust any one of these running backs in this game at all, it's got to be Melvin Gordon, right? Right. And you got to create offense somehow. And I think that's where Denver's going to look at this. And we've seen Russ start to play a little bit better. I mean, at least statistically, the numbers are there. Uh, they're starting to rebound a little bit. And overall, because he's running the ball more, what happens when Russell Wilson runs the ball more? That's going to help Melvin Gordon. It's going to help everybody else. We just talked about, we don't necessarily trust Mike Boone to get 10, 12 carries, 15 carries like Gordon was getting behind Javante Williams. Mm -hmm. I think Gordon's going to be the workhorse here. He might get 15 carries. Hey, it might be ugly. It might be 15 carries for 60 yards. That I'm preparing higher. for ugly. Exactly. Honestly. 
prepare for ugly. It still gets us to hire. That's all that cashes in. That's all we care about. It's a on story this one, of my so. life on a dating profile, but go ahead. <laughs> that might be another episode. <laughs> We, need, we, we will we get demonetized story. so quickly if we start going through my dating history. Please keep talking about Melvin Gordon before I go off the rails. Well, speaking of fumbling often, uh, <laughs> Melvin Gordon, hopefully he will not be uh, fumbling too often in this one. Or at least if he does, just get your 53 and a half yards. I think he will hit the over on this one, though. Sorry yeah, to leave just, you out there hanging Just like give that. me 54. That's all we got to need on that one. Uh, we'll keep it with the Broncos. Uh, Cortland Sutton, one of our favorite guys. They do have two different ones here on him. One at five receptions another one at 64 and a half receiving yards of the two uh we both kind of feel the same way on this one the 64 and a half receiving yards i like that one a little bit better because you just got to get loose once and added the the added volume sudden sees he should be able to clear that one pretty easily i love the higher on that one if you want to go the 5.0 reception so he's got to get six receptions uh to hit that one uh, i get it I don't love it quite as much matching up against Stephon Gilmore, who is still a good corner, even at this later part of his career. I do like Horton Sutton over in that matchup, but if you're going to pick one of the two, give me the 64 and a half receiving yards. I will take the the higher on that one. So kind of recapping that one, uh, higher on 0 0.5, 0 0.5 interceptions on Matt Ryan, higher on Michael Pittman Jr., 65 and a half receiving yards, and the same thing for Alec Pierce, 34.5. Take the... Um, Higher on Melvin Gordon, 35.5 rushing yards, and then also um, Corton Sutton. Um, I think that those are pretty much the only guys that I have any confidence in what their role is going to be on Thursday night. Because other outside of that, it's going to be a lot of watching and seeing what happens. Um, and that's going to kind of play its hand into fantasy football as well uh, for you guys out there in your redraft leagues, your dynasty leagues. Uh it sucks because, quite frankly, you spent a really high draft pick on Javante Williams and uh, Jonathan Taylor. Taylor was the consensus 101, and Javante Williams was a mid-second round pick, somewhere in that range, depending on the size of your league. So definitely entering this week on the back foot. Uh, in terms of the start sits, it feels very chalky. If you've got one of these top guys, you're playing them. Uh, you feel really good about Melvin Gordon being that number one. I'm not concerned about how much uh, Mike Boone, Latavius Murray, or whoever else will impact his role. I think he's good and locked in for a minimum of 15 touches. I, I, that's on the minimum side of things here. Uh, so I do like him. Cortland Sutton, certainly you're absolutely starting him. Um, Michael Pittman Jr., definitely starting him. You're starting um, Naheem Hines over there as well. Then things get a little bit more interesting. Uh, obviously, also start with uh, Russell Wilson as well, too. If you have him and you went late-round quarterback, which had a couple landmines mixed in there, I'll tell you what, folks. Um, I think you can start Russell Wilson if you don't have any other better options that are out there. Um, kind of looking at the rest of it, it's going to be a little bit more league-specific. If you're in a deeper league and you want to take a shot on Mike Boone, given his increased opportunities, I get it. Um, it's just something I would stay away from if I was in a 10-team league. Um, I know it's going to be very tempting. And if you spend a ton of fab on him, you kind of backed yourself into a corner to where you have to invest and play Mike Boone. If you spent that much on him, I'm just, like I said, I'm a little concerned. There was something I talked about last night and the, uh, the waiver wire discussion in the PFN discord that 
I get it if you want to make Mike Boone your number one waiver wire claim. For me, it actually would have been Raheem Mostert if he was still on your waiver wire or uh, Brian Robinson. They would have been my top two, but I get it going after Mike Boone. I'm just a little concerned what Denver is going to do when it comes to Latavius Murray or bring in a veteran. But if you're going to play him this week, I get it. And in a deeper league, I think that does make sense. Uh, someone else makes sense in, in a deeper league would be someone like Alec Pierce, kind of given the uh, upside that he has seen. And then also think Ian... Moali Cox, if you're streaming the tight end position in a deeper league, are you are you taking a shot on Moali? I think I am. If I can't get like Tyler Conklin, I think that's the other guy I was looking at this week for yeah. my streamers. Yeah. If you can get Conklin, great. But also I can understand if you one, if you can't, or two, if you're looking at Zach Wilson and saying, I'm really worried about how Wilson's going to handle that offense because we have to relearn everything we thought we knew about the Jets. Mm-hmm. I can see looking at Allie Cox and saying, like, okay, if he, he might just be my best option. So it's you're getting kind of desperate at that point. I'm not going to lie. Like, that's not an ideal situation. But, hey, he's an option, and he's a guy that just produced last week. So there are worse routes that you could go. You could be looking at, like, Mike Kosecki or someone like that. Yeah, uh, Mike Ezeki was a, a drop candidate for me a couple weeks ago. While he gets lucky with a couple uh, couple shots here and there, it's just I have no faith in him and where that offense is, especially without Tua, who I'm um, pretty sure he's not going to play this week. Have they made that official? No, they have not. I think we're still waiting to see if he can pass that concussion test. Um, I, I hope we'll find out sooner than later, though, because otherwise it's Teddy time in Miami. I'll put it this way. If that has not been made official, we will bring you that on Friday when we come back and kind of go over the final start sets and our final thoughts on the week five weekend. But that will wrap up today's episode of the Run the Table podcast powered by Pro Football Network. If you enjoyed today's episode of the show, feel free to leave a rating and a review on iHeartRadio, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you enjoy your favorite podcast. That is always going to be greatly appreciated. Continue to stay up to date with the latest news around the league by heading over to ProFootballNetwork.com where you can find all the analysis covering not only fantasy football and betting, but breaking news around the league, college football, and the NFL draft. Get involved with the PFN community. The PFN Pass gets you direct access to the Discord and unlocks exclusive content from PFN Productions, weekly giveaways, and weekly AMAs with the with the PFN staff, including lineup, waiver wire advice, a Sunday morning start set, and even more betting covered during the week to help you fill up that bankroll. And remember, too, you can head over to ProFootballNetwork.com forward slash mock draft and get started with the 2023 draft season that is coming up quicker than anyone expects. It's still shocking to me they're in week five, and believe it or not, April is not too far around the corner. Good luck on Thursday night with all your bets, with all your fantasy start sits, and everything else in between. You can find Ian over at Twitter at NFL Film Study and myself at Tommy Garrett PFN. If you guys have any more questions, please before you hit us up over there. Speaking for Ian, I am Tommy. We will see you guys on Friday for another episode of the show.